You're listening to the Lawyer Lifestyle Podcast with Chicago attorney Dave Scriven Young. Hi, everyone. This is audio from the Lawyer's Emotional Intelligence Book Club discussion that occurred on April 29th of 2020. You can join me every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central at facebook.com slash lawyers EQ. Please join me in the discussion. Have a good day. Welcome to the Lawyer's Emotional Intelligence Emotional Intelligence Book Club. My name is Dave Scribbin-Young, a lawyer focusing on litigation, environmental law, and construction law from Chicago, Illinois. We're helping to create the next generation of lawyers with emotional, with high emotional intelligence through a weekly book club and daily practical posts at facebook.com slash lawyers EQ. During our book club discussions, we'll do a deep dive into books that will help us develop emotional intelligence skills, specifically think about how we can begin to use those skills in our law practices. I'll be here live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Central for this discussion, and it is a discussion. Please liberally use uh, the chat box. We're on, we should be on Facebook, uh, Periscope, or Twitter, and um, YouTube. So use the comments box to ask questions or make comments. I should be getting all of that in my chat. I'm using the restreaming of software, so hopefully I'll see everything. Um, so I do want to see your comments and discussion. I don't uh, sit here as an expert. On the contrary, I will be learning along with all of you, and I'm really interested in hearing your opinions and observations. I look forward to learning from all of you. How are we doing on the commenting? Uh, okay, so I have my lovely wife here, Kathy, who is uh, trying to get me some um, sense. I don't see any coming up uh, for Facebook, although it has been posted. So she's going to pull up a chair and um, read me off whatever whatever comments uh, come our way. But I just wanted to welcome you into a discussion here. So let me just turn on. Let me just turn on the camera here. All right. So welcome, everybody. Good to see everyone. Thanks for joining. Um, and today we're going to talk, we're going to begin uh, Dr. Uh, Rangan Chatterjee's book, The Stress Solution, um, right here. And uh, hopefully we'll have a, a good discussion. So let's let's just start through through the slideshow for today. All right. So for those of you who don't know, uh, haven't seen this show before, a little bit about me. Um, I'm an attorney, obviously. I graduated in 2003 from DePaul University. I'm senior counsel at Picard and Abramson PC, mostly known as a construction firm based out of New Jersey. And we have a Chicago office. I'm a civil litigator. Um, I also practice construction law and environmental law. Uh, my mission is to identify and share historically correct knowledge and resources and inspiring and hopefully entertaining format in order to help others meet and exceed goals and standards in every area of their lives. So I do that with this um, this vlog, this video cast. I also have a podcast called the Lawyer's Life, Lawyer Lifestyle uh, Podcast um, and then all the other various uh, seminars and things that I do. So just to catch everyone up, what did we talk about last time? We talked about what is emotional intelligence. Uh, it's self-awareness, self-management, so social awareness, and social management. And how we talked about how we can find out what skills we have and which are strong and which ones we need uh, some help developing. 
Um, there's the emotional intelligence 2.0 test, which you can take and um, decide and find out which skills you're not uh, not so great at, what you're a little weak at, and which ones you can work on. The nice thing about emotional intelligence um, is that these are skills that you can develop over time, which is what I'm doing with this book club, what hopefully you're doing um, as you follow along with us as well. And we've, we began with self-management, and we talked about how we can accept and adapt to change. And then we began um, to talk about stress. All right. So let's move on to what we're gonna be talking about today. We'll just scope out a little bit of the agenda. We're gonna talk about some recent news, which uh, is the ALM Mental Health and Substance Abuse Survey that came out. Um, and it, that had some very eye-opening um, statistics that I thought everyone should be aware of. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, last week's action item, which dealt with exercise, and I want to really hear uh, your comments and uh, how you did for the week. And then we're going to talk about begin talking about Dr. Chatterjee's book, The Stress Solution, uh, the consequences of stress, how stress builds, uh, the four pillars of health to get under control. And then our first uh, sort of pillar is purpose. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that and then uh, our weekly action item for the week. So that's what we're planning on doing uh, for tonight. Just a little bit of disclaimer. I have to do this because I'm a lawyer. Um, this is not a replacement for necessary psychological or medical treatment. Um, if you uh, feel uh, deeply depressed or suicidal, um, please consult a doctor or other medical professional. I am a lawyer, not a doctor. Very important that you know that. Um, so uh, let's move on to recent news. So there was an article uh, two days ago uh, by Dylan Jackson. Law firms want to improve mental health, but they're failing to take preventative action. And it discussed the ALM Mental Health and Substance Abuse Survey. Um, with, that was released. And it was, actually, it was um, 1999 uh, responses that happened in 1999 to the survey. So this was obviously before the pandemic occurred, um, but it really had some eye-opening results. So out of uh, 1,300 total survey respondent, respondents, 31.2% uh, of lawyers feel that they are depressed. 64% feel that they have anxiety. 10.1% feel that they have an alcohol problem. And 2.8% feel that they have a drug problem. So let me just go to the, the camera here. Um, and so I'm really interested in hearing um, and seeing your comments on this. I mean, it was a very sort of eye-opening um, statistics uh, to me that 31% of, of people feel that they're depressed and, you know, so many more uh, feel like they have some sort of, you know, drug or alcohol problem. And it, um, but the art interesting about the article is the statistics, but then they went on to say, well, you know, what's, what, what are firms doing about it? And they talked a little bit about the, you know, uh, wellness initiatives that a lot of firms have. Um, obviously this show 
you know, hopefully is, a, is, is helping that regard as well. But the interesting part about it is that it talked about um, that the survey responses felt that their law firms, despite all of the wellness initiatives that occurred, the law firms actually weren't doing a whole lot um, to get at the root problem, which is thing, things like the billable hours, like the expectations, um, like all of the things that uh, firms place on you know, especially associates, younger folks, uh, to, maybe they do it to weed them out, who knows, but it was interesting that they, um, the respondents actually felt sort of, uh, I don't know, depressed about being depressed because they were, they, the response was, yes, I feel this way and there's really nothing that's going to happen um, because law firms are never gonna get rid of the billable hour, they're never gonna do anything to really, um, you know, improve the situation from a systematic point of view. Um, and so I don't know how, you know, people feel out there um, who are watching, but, um, you know, I think there have been, you know, ever since I started practicing, people have talked about, you know, getting rid of the billable hour and, you know, things that we can do to improve our daily lives. And, you know, not not a lot of those initiatives have really uh, taken hold. Um, and so, you know, it is incumbent upon us to uh, challenge those assumptions and to um, go out of our way to uh, help the situation. Um, but as, you know, for the younger folks um, who are, are watching this or will be watching this, um, you know, what can you do when you're at a, a big firm whose um, leadership is not really I'm interested in uh, in helping or improving that systematic those systematic problems. Yes, they maybe they put in a wellness initiative, maybe they hire a therapist, but they're really going to do nothing to really take care of the root problem. And so that coming up out of the associate ranks, um, hopefully um, we'll be able to um, to make those changes. All right, so let's go back into the um, PowerPoint here. So let's talk about last week's action item, which was, because we talked about exercise and how um, exercise and putting a break in your day um, is really going to help. Um, last week's action item was um, every day of the, for, the last, for, the, for the last week to add a 30-minute session of physical activity to your schedule. Uh, to record how you feel afterwards, and to record at night how uh, your day went and if uh, the exercise actually impacted your stress level. And so um, we'd, we'd love to hear sort of what you um, have to say in terms of, um, you know, how things went for you for the last week. What I can tell you, tell you um, from my perspective, so I started out the week uh, doing some about 30 minutes of cardio um, right in right in the beginning of the day when I woke up, um, and then I guess it, and that was good. I mean, I felt felt pretty good afterwards. Um, but I'm sort of a morning person anyway, so uh, I don't know if I could really say, well, you know, that I felt that much better after exercising than I would have anyway in the morning. Um, what I can tell you is that in the afternoon, it did not did not really seem to make that big of a difference in terms of you know, like around two, three, four o'clock is when sort of my stress levels went up. Um, and so that was really, um, that really became 
um, an issue. And so I wanted to change up my routine a little bit. I got a suggestion um, from a couple of ABA friends online um, who saw my uh, sort of midweek update and they suggested, you know, why don't you try some some uh, yoga in the morning instead of cardio? So I did that. And then um, I tried in the afternoon to, to get out. So like yesterday, I went out, uh, took my dog out um, and it was actually a really good break. So um, I don't know how other people's exercise routines have changed since um, the pandemic, since um, everyone has pretty much been shut down. Um, but my routine has been uh, much different because obviously I don't have a commute. Um, I don't have to walk uh, to the train. I don't have to uh, you know, go out at lunch. Actually, we're you know told to, to stay indoors. So everyone's routine is different. My routine is much different. And so I think it's really important to um, put a little bit of, uh, of a break of a plan break into your day. So hope everyone got a little bit of exercise um, and um, uh, thought about sort of how their stress was and, and what you can do. But I think for me, and everyone is different obviously, but for me in the morning, I'm usually fine, you know, after I get up, but it's sort of that afternoon break uh, that I really need. All right, so let's move on to the uh, second emotional intelligence skill, which is how to not let stress get the best of me. And we're gonna go through uh, the stress solution by Dr. Uh, Rangan Chatterjee. So a little bit of an introduction. He actually um, really uh, gave us two different ways to look at stress. One is uh, micro stress, dose of stress, and the other is a macro stress. Um, dose. The micro stress is all of the little things that come into our lives. And it was interesting. He, he sort of had this um, story about, you know, like a mom who, who wakes up and all of the little things that can happen um, throughout the day. So he talked about like, you know, the alarm going off in the morning, um, then, you know, looking on her phone and seeing that like her friend is on vacation somewhere. Um, when, you know, she is, has to be at home, um, then, you know, maybe she gets a, a phone call or something like that. Um, and then, you know, she gets up and, you know, she's out of toothpaste or, you know, something else, you know, bad happens. And then, you know, she tries to get her kid up and her kid, you know, yells at her and wants to go back to sleep. Um, so all of like all of the very little um, uh, things that could happen are all stressful. Right. Um, and so he calls those micro stress doses. And then there's the macro stress doses. Those is what he calls adverse childhood experiences. So, you know, really bad things that happen in the past. And it, what he says is people who have these adverse childhood experiences actually are living more close to the stress threshold than most. So, so for, um, for some people, it takes many, many, many micro stress doses to get to that threshold to where it would really sort of put you over the top and cause problems. Um, but for people who have experienced these macro stress doses, um, it really takes fewer of those daily doses uh, to cause problems for your health um, and for other things. And as you can imagine, okay. Um, 
as you uh, can imagine, the um, stress piles up and um, it has the power to generate more stress. So it's kind of like a building uh, mechanism here. The more it piles up, uh, the less we're able to cope. And the nearer we, we move to the threshold at which we're unable to manage our lives successfully. And that's kind of the, that's the threshold. Um, so we might fall out with others. We might binge out on bad food and alcohol. Um, so all of that, all of those micro stress doses combined with the, the, the macro doses really uh, combined to um, have, have a really bad effect. And as, as you know, stress can have a devastating long-term consequence for health. So the statistic that um, he gives in the book is that up to 80% of all general practitioner consultations are thought to be somehow related to stress. So it has a very, really big impact on, on our lives. So the, the stress solution, what is it? How do we get back to normal or get to where we're not reaching the, the stress threshold? Um, well, he talks about having uh, the difference between a thrive state and a uh, flight, or fights, uh, fight or flight state, which is sort of the, the stressful st uh, state. In order to get to the thrive state, excuse me, to get to the thrive state, we need our entire ecosystem, that's body, mind, and spirit, to be impacted by, so that the information that they're receiving leads them to know that I'm safe and not under threat. That's the thrive state. The stress state or the fight or flight state um, is where um, there's sort of a threat of danger and uh, all of your systems believe that you're in danger. So what happens is adrenaline is released, uh, your heart rate is increased so that more blood and oxygen are pushed out into the muscles, and then cortisol is released, and that's where you're in that um, fight or flight state. And the interesting thing is that, you know, our stress responses that we have were designed really to only work over a short period of time against immediate threats. So like, I don't know, dinosaurs or, you know, very, you know, sp sporadic things that could happen, real immediate things, then our stress response could, could kick into gear. And we're actually designed to live most of the time in our thrive state. But because of the way modern society is, um, there are so many stress triggers that activate our stress state that we spend more time, more and more time um, in the stress state rather than the thrive state. And that can have uh, serious consequences for our health. And I'm just going to open up the book. Um, and, you know, it, there's a, a chart that says healthy stress responses and their dangerous long-term effects. So there are, you know, short-term um, health responses that are healthy. And then you have a long-term harmful effect when it happens over a longer period of time. So when you have um, a stress stress situation that occurs that raises your blood pressure uh, in the short term that helps actually transport more blood to your brain but that could be harmful uh, on a chronic or long-term condition because it could lead to chronic high blood pressure and that increases the risk for diseases like heart disease and stroke um, you have you know uh, on a short term increased blood clotting will save your life if you have a bleeding wound 
because bloods will stop or bleeding will stop more quickly. The long-term harmful effect is that you have a long-term tendency for the blood to clot, and that'll increase your risk of having a stroke, heart attack, or deep vein thrombosis. Um, and then I'll just take uh, one other one. Um, the body's resources are directed away from digestion on a short-term um, health effect, and that's a, a non-essential function for survival at the moment. But on a long-term perspective, if the attention is, is diverted away from digestion for too long, um, you could have digestive complaints like constipation, bloating, indigestion, um, irritable bowel syndrome, that sort of thing. So the short-term healthful effects that stress cause um, over a longer period of time uh, could be uh, very uh, harmful and um, very uh, unhealthful. And the other thing that can happen is that um, stress can also change your brain and it lets your emotional part of your brain get stronger while the rational part of your brain becomes de-skilled. So how do we get to uh, the thrive state more often and for longer? And we do that by focusing on our attention on four areas that represent potential sources of stress and potential sources of thriving. So if you think about it, um, all of these four areas have potential to, to help you um, thrive or help or potential to be very stressful. So uh, first is purpose. So in other words, uh, what is your purpose um, in life and are you living your life purposefully? Second is relationships. Everyone knows that you can have a very, uh, a relationship that puts you in the thrive state um, or that it'll put you in the stressful state. Your body, same thing, right? Either you have a body that will allow you to thrive or it'll, you have a body that allow you, um, that will make you stressed out. And then finally, with your mind. Um, do you have a mind that allows you to thrive and that it, it, it's sharp, um, it's uh, going to allow you to, to solve problems, or do you have a mind that's uh, cloudy, um, that uh, doesn't remember things? And so those four areas are what we're going to be tackling um, in the stress solution. So let's just begin, and we're gonna talk about purpose for the next uh, two episodes. And the way that I think uh, I'm gonna work this is we're gonna talk about, um, so there's, I think, three uh, ways to get at purpose uh, in, in terms of tactics. Um, and um, the first one, well, let's see. Let's see if I can find, it. yes, okay, so the three habits that we're gonna talk about are affirmations, reframing, and gratitude. So today we're gonna to talk about affirmations. We're gonna introduce purpose and talk about affirmations. The next um, next session we're gonna talk about the tactics of reframing and gratitude. And then again, I think the way I'd like to work this is to um, talk about sort of, um, you know, like a Tim Ferriss sort of experiment. So do something for a week, see how it goes. If you want to incorporate it, then that's great. If not, you can just ditch the whole, you know, ditch that area. But at least it's something that you've tried and you can you think about and see if it helps. Um, and so, okay, so let's dive into purpose. So purpose means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But um, in this 
discussion, purpose means to live your life on purpose. It means to, uh, and it also means sort of like, what is the purpose of your life? Because we know um, that a life that is devoid of purpose is inherently stressful. So, and what Dr. Ch Chatterjee says is that the best way of living a calmer, happier life is to do it with a strong sense of purpose. So, you know, just thinking, thinking about it, if you um, are doing something where you feel like it really aligns with who you are, um, that it's on pur you're doing it on purpose because it's, it's part of who you are and you really enjoy doing it, well, you're not going to feel as um, stressed out about it. Um, you're really going to feel um, really going to get into uh, what you're doing if it's part of your purpose, right? And so that's why it's important to, number one, live your life on purpose, but also um, align what you're doing with your purpose as well. So the question is, you know, are you living your life on autopilot? Are you trying to be what other people want me to be? And what behaviors that I inherited from my family do I want to change? So looking at it, looking at your life, what do you want to do with it? How do you want to um, align what you do with your purpose? So um, I guess the question is, how do we start to live our life on purpose? Well, a good way is to start thinking about the, the following question. So number one, why do we bother getting up in the morning? Uh, number two, do we purposefully want to achieve certain things? And number three, do my unhealthy choices have their origins and not being in touch with my true purpose? So, you know, and we talk a little, there's a lot of, re, you know, a lot of research, I think that goes into um, why people have unhealthy choices. But I think a lot of it uh, turns out that it's, it's stressful. It's either stress that's making you do it, or it's some sort of, you know, maybe it's like a genetic thing, or maybe something that you saw your parents do. Um, that leads you to those unhealthy choices. So the problem that, that we've, I think, come across in this society is that um, we, need, we need time to find out what our true purpose is. And that's exactly what the modern world steals from us. So in other words, you know, if you're so, so busy with so many things that um, you don't have time to, to think about, uh, you know, what you want actually want to do with your life. And you're just, you know, going from moment to moment because that's what things are planned out. Uh, but you actually and you're reacting to things more than actually planning, you know, how you're going to spend your time. That's the world sort of stealing your time from you and stealing, um, stealing your true purpose. So we're going to have some exercises um, over the next several weeks about how to um, how to plan better and what we're going to do in terms of what our purpose is. So first, the first thing we need to do is uh, get in the right mindset to find our purpose. And there are three habits of calm that will help our us to significantly reduce stress and put us in the right frame of mind for tackling the questions of meaning and purpose. So, uh, so we're going to talk about the habits um, to get our thoughts in the right place so we can start seeing the good that's already there and begin to shift attention away from the negative and the, into the positive. So as I said, there are three ways that we're going we're gonna to do that over the next, several, next couple of weeks. Um, first is affirmations, which is what we're going to talk about today. Um, we're going to talk about reframing, 
and we're going to talk about gratitude. So again, I'm not saying that all of this is going to work for you. I'm not even saying that this is going to work for me. What I'm saying is these are great ways to experiment. Um, maybe it'll work for you, but it won't work for me. Uh, but we'll see as we go along. And that's why it's important that we sort of build this community that um, all of us know that, well, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, um, but we'll give it a try and we'll experiment. So what's an affirmation? Probably everyone who's watching this um, you know, has, has heard the term, but it's a short, powerful, and positive statement of intent that's regularly repeated. So the, the theory behind it, and you know, this guy's a doctor, so I have to believe that there's some science behind it as well, but you have to change your thoughts and you lay a new blueprint for your mind. So you're essentially programming your mind for what you want out of your life. And so if you think about it, you know, it, I'm sure that you've noticed, you know, if you watch, uh, watch a movie or watch a TV show that maybe has a certain bent or um, has a certain either, you know, it's funny or it has a lot of violence or what have you, whatever you, you know, put into your mind is what you're going to think about, at least in the short term. So the more that you, the theory is, is that the more you think about uh, what you want out of your life and the more you program your mind for what you want out of it, um, then you're going to change your thoughts and, and, and hopefully lay a new blueprint so you can think more and plan more to go in the direction of where you want to go. So here's some tips for affirmations. So you definitely want to write down your affirmations. You want to think about what you may consider to be negative qualities and flip them on their head. Um, you also want to experiment with different affirmations. And as you say the affirmation out loud, imagine yourself as that person. You want to say the affirmation every morning and repeat the phrase as often as you can throughout the day. And of course, feel free to change your affirmations. And I would suggest that, you know, maybe, you know, start for a couple of days using one affirmation and then maybe move to another one. Um, maybe, you know, if, just to, to get the experiment of, of doing it. So that's where uh, today's uh, weekly action item comes into place. So we're going to write down qualities that uh, you'd like to change and then flip them around and uh, write down three affirmations. So if, uh, you know, one thing, and I'm definitely this, you know, if, if you feel stressed out, you feel like your, your day is, is stressful, most of your day is just stressful, maybe your affirmation could be, I am calm and stress-free. Or if you, feel, um, if you feel sad, if you feel maybe a little um, depressed, you might say, I choose to be happy. Or if you feel like maybe you're not as healthy as you could be, your affirmation could be, I am the architect of my own health. And these are not the one, not, not ones I wrote, but these come from the book. Um, but I think all of those actually could apply to me as well. So what I would recommend is choose, choose one to start with. For the next seven days, say it in the morning and repeat it throughout the day on whatever schedule is best for you. And then write down at night how you feel and um, how you feel about the qualities that you wanted to change. So in other words, if you are saying over and over again, I am calm and stress-free, do you actually feel calm and stress-free? Or is the fact that you're trying to remember these affirmations, is that stressing you out? And that's sort of, I think, I think that is gonna be the balance as I look 
look for it into the future is, is it going to stress you out more by having to remember these affirmations? Or as you go through it, is it going to be just something where you don't have to remember it, but you're definitely going to uh, just know it, um, know it by heart, know it by rote. And so um, you're going to be saying it sort of subconsciously um, throughout the day. And that hopefully is going to be the way um, that you're going to be able to um, that you're going to be able to remember it. And that it's going to be the way to, to change your mind. So um, uh, hopefully um, when we come back next week, um, we will. Um, was there a comment? No, I'm ready. Oh, my wife is writing out her comment, which or her affirmation, which is great. So hopefully, yeah, all of you are you know, taking out a sheet of paper and actually writing out an affirmation. And would love to uh, love to see what your affirmations are, and um, we'll see how it goes next week. So next week um, we are going to again report back on how things um, have gone, um, and then we're going to talk about um, uh, we're going to move on um, from um, into the purpose category to. Uh, what's called reframing the day. So sort of reframing uh, things that happen to you, reframing um, you know, events and thinking about it in different ways. So we'll talk about that next week. And then we're also going to talk about uh, gratitude and how gratitude can help align with your purpose as well. And then we're going to talk you know, later about things like how to schedule your time um, which is going to be um, interesting because I never feel like I have enough time. So that'll be great uh, for me. Um, how to live more. Um, uh, and then we'll head into um, relationships. So I think unless there are um, any other you know, folks that I want to discuss or, or any questions um, that come up, um, just remember that emotional intelligence is necessary for all lawyers and we can learn these skills together. And just remember that, in fact, um, uh, these are skills that you can learn and you can develop over time. And so if you have specific questions or you want to uh, discuss offline, um, I am at AttorneyDSY on um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and you can reach me there. I also have um, a LinkedIn profile, obviously. Um, so, and then, you know, here's my, this is my, you know, contact information, name, uh, address, uh, phone number, and that sort of thing. But uh, it's been a real uh, pleasure uh, being with you tonight and hope to see you all uh, next week. So take care, everybody. Good to see you. Bye-bye.